you know, we can get more specific on, you know, what's motivating me on the subject a little bit later, but just have a general talk about, you know, where we're at with religion in our lives uh, in regards to the politics that play into it, the, the issues that, that come up with it, and, and just in general in regards to America today. And uh, Dave Adams, uh, campus pastor at Concordia, was willing to come in and do that. Pastor Adams, good to have you on News and Views, sir. Thanks, Joel. It's always a pleasure to be here. I miss you, but I'm sitting in your chair. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It's 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 a warmer chair after my butt gets out of it, I'll tell you that. So. Oh, we need that in these days right now. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So wanted to talk to you a little bit, if I could, about you know where the, the general public's at yeah. in terms of its religion today. Uh, I saw a stat, for example, which to me is one of the biggest tells out mm. there which was that um, you've got over 70% of all Americans now not getting married in a church. Yeah. That was unheard of when I was young. You totally, did, me too. The, yep. the biggest state you had was whether you were getting married in her church or your church. <laughs> and, and so, you know, what does that indicate? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. I think more and more people are definitely choosing these venues. I mean, I've even done weddings in, in venues and not in churches anymore. Um, I think... It, I mean, I that always raises the question of what what is the church's relevance in today's world. Um, you know, as somebody that works with young adults, as my in my daily life, my my occupation, my vocation, if you will, um, the thing the thing that I do find some comfort in is that more and more young people still find a deep connection to their faith and spirituality. They just don't find that expressed by putting their butt in a church pew. They find it in how they embody it and live it out in the world. It's more, it's more on a on a horizontal plane as opposed to this vertical. Like here I am sitting up in my nice suit and tie in a church pew. It's more lived in the world, and how how do I interact with society and how do my values align with my faith? And I I find that encouraging. Of course, what does that mean for for any of us who work within the church institution? Um, but but you're right. Like we are seeing more and more of that um, kind of people who don't get married in a church building anymore, um, and who you know my my cousin or my best friend you know gets ordained online so that they can marry me at this you know farm out in the middle of of the country. <laughs> that this is all becoming way too familiar for us. Well, yeah. well, where the heck were you about a month ago when I was trying to explain it? Because. That just explained it about as well as you possibly can. I, for for me for me personally, I tried to explain to to folks how I believe that religion or the belief in God and and you know can be very diverse. Yeah. I get that, but but I do believe that mm-hmm. that next generation uh, of Americans still believes. Yeah. And, and I do believe that they try to live their life the way their parents raised them to live their life. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if you're picking up on that. Oh, I totally am. Um, it's just how uh, it, it's just that how they live their life isn't about showing up on a Sunday morning at this specific time. It's about am I caring for my neighbor? Am I am I actually participating in a life that that is caring for the poor and the marginalized and the oppressed or, you know, uh, am I just doing these things um, for my own benefit and so that I can feel good about where I might end up in the hereafter? <laughs> and, has has religion itself done some of this to itself? Has it uh, has 
because there seems to be such an age separation now versus what it was before. I think it always was there. Yeah. Reverend, I, I, I do. I think it always was there. Don't get me wrong. It was always mom and dad saying, get your butt to church. Yeah. I don't care where you got to go Saturday night. You can go there afterwards, that kind of thing. Yeah. I get that. But but you still knew it was where you were supposed to be. Sure. And something happened along the line. Something happened along the line. You know, I was in youth ministry for 16 years before I became a pastor, and I started my first full-time youth ministry job in the summer of 2000. So I was kind of in that really great time where people still were really active in program ministry and churches. Um, what I what I saw happen in those 16 years was more and more activities that families had to choose from. You know, there weren't as many traveling soccer teams and traveling hockey, hockey you know, teams and and dance competitions and things like that when I started youth ministry as there were when I ended my time in youth ministry. And and I we continually saw families having to pick and choose. Like, well, you know, we're gone now this weekend because we have to be at the soccer tournament or we're gone because we're at this dance competition or we're gone for this or that. And so more and more people just got accustomed to not coming to to worship, to church on a Sunday morning because they were torn in all these different directions. And I think what was starting to happen was young people started to kind of live into this, hmm, I'm experiencing my faith and spirituality outside of these church walls <laughs> um, through through my involvement in other things. And and then they started to wonder, like, what am I being taught? Is what I'm being taught lining up with what I'm experiencing? And then people started asking more questions, which, of course, I always think is a good thing. And then, of course, added along came things called social media, where <laughs> people started to get more information and they started to get out there in different ways and they started to find connection outside of the church as well like all the time like gone were the days where people came to church because that was their time to connect with each other all of a sudden they could connect with each other just by sending a text message or or you know making a post on Instagram and that also changed the way that people were in community and so all these things just added together um and people were finding those ways to be in community that differently than they were in the days where people gathered for a worship service and then had donuts afterwards and then went home. I don't know if that makes any sense, but no, it, it, it makes sense. It, except, you know, the one part that jumped out at me and what you just said, uh, Reverend Adams was this, um, you said right there, you always thought it was a good thing to question. Ah, yeah. And, and, and that wasn't always the way I understood religion to be. You, or at oh, least really? it wasn't the way I understood or, or was taught. It mm -hmm. was, it was taught to believe, mm -hmm. and it mm -hmm. was, and and I always struggled with that. Mm -hmm. Maybe because of my nature, but I didn't have someone like you that said, "Okay, you know, yeah, you, you know, let's hear what you think." Yeah. And I think that that's what the next generation desperately wants and needs. They want to ask questions. Yep. Yes, yes, and they don't want to be given like this is it's black or white. Like I mean. The truth is everything really does lie more in the gray. There is not, <laughs> there just can't possibly be like a black or a white. As much as pe people, some people in religion want to make it black or white, it, I don't think that's possible. Um, it, because how can we possibly know this is exactly what God <laughs> 
This is exactly what God says. Yeah. Yeah. A couple more questions for you. Thank you on, on this snowy, icy day to, to come into the studio and, and give us your time. Welcome back to a conversation we're having with Reverend Dave Adams. He's a campus pastor at Concordia College. Before we kick back in and tie him in with Teresa, who's just called in, I want to I want to send a shout-out to Milt Erickson from Esmond. Uh, he's an old Farmers Union guy, and hopefully he's listening to us. I know he's got a, a, a new home, albeit I hope a temporary for a while, and is getting some great care, but I just wanted to wish you well, Milt, and uh, thank you for listening to News and Views. Now, that being said, let's get to Teresa. Teresa, you're on with Reverend Adams. Go ahead. Hi. I like your topic, and I'll see if uh, Pastor Adam agrees with me. Is um, the partial ans- answer to uh, Joel's question is Ashbury University? Hmm. What about the? C- can you can you explain the question? <laughs> okay, is the partial answer to Joel's question about oh. the thing? Is it? Uh, could you say that yes? Partial answer that is Ashbury University. You mean the revival that that's been happening there? Yep. Yeah, perhaps you know, like there's there there's a lot of different feelings about that whole thing happening right now, and I think that there are times when when people kind of catch a catch the spirit, if you will. Um, of course, that spirit is found if you if you watch the videos of that. It's it's a very um, communal experience, people together, um, and having this experience, you know, as as a community of people. Um, and so I think that it's it's just really always important to remember that that faith is embodied when whenever we live together, and yeah. we and we experience we experience life together, and we allow um, our experiences to live and breathe with and through each other, and not just you know in this kind of privatized sector. Um, yeah, yeah. Th- thank you, Teresa, for your yeah, call. That's a really I, good I wanna... question. I want to ask it, well, not that, but I want to go in a little different direction, uh, Reverend. You know, did we get more diverse? I want to explain my era versus yours as a younger man. Um, in my era where I grew up, the Catholics didn't marry the Lutherans. Right. If if you did, it was just unheard of. Uh, the parents <laughs> didn't like each other because of their religion. They would say hi to each other. That type of thing, don't get me wrong, but by God, one was Catholic, one was Lutheran, that's the way it was going to stay. <laughs> and uh, you, you're, you're visiting right now with somebody who's Catholic and married a Lutheran, yeah. and, and that wasn't easy to do. No. It, it really wasn't. And so the more that that happened, did religion change even more? Totally. And I, th- I think it kind of goes back to what we were talking about before the break, that when people started to, to ask questions and they started to to wonder like why is this and they started to have experiences that made them realize this doesn't really line up with with how i see god working in my life in society in culture um and it it starts to change things they start to see that there are ways that that the spirit can move us to see beyond these protective walls that we've built that we've built that god didn't build that we've built around ourselves um but it all starts by us being brave enough to ask some questions and start to challenge the things that that religion which of course religion is human made um that religion has um has made us really confused by yeah but here here's what we're seeing reverend 
at, at times, I believe, as somebody who is who's been in the arena of public policy, both as an elected official and other as a commentator, I, I've seen religion used as a as a weapon. Yeah, totally. Lately. Yep. It, 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 it's been weaponized yep. to the point where uh, th- this generation that that my kids or even their kids are looking at mm-hmm. are going to I, I think they step away from it yep. because it, it's used as a justification for one individual's ideals being thrust upon another. Yeah, and, which and is I'm really curious what you think about that. Oh, it, it really makes me um, very irate internally. I was just talking about this um, to my to my spiritual director actually because it's something that causes me a lot of um, pain in my own spiritual life. I mean, like l- religious freedom is is the freedom for us to believe whatever we would choose to believe, but it is not the freedom to to oppress others by because of our own beliefs you know that's not religious freedom you know so like there is a reason why the constitution has a separation of church and state um it's so that you cannot hurt someone because of your own religious views and it really angers me and um when people forget that and they start to make policies that that take away people's dignity take away people's rights take away people's humanity um and in my opinion there is no justification for that um, uh, Reverend Dave Adams, just a couple more questions. Heck, you don't want to get back to Concordia right away anyway. Roads are icy. <laughs> it's so, spring break there. <laughs> yeah, there you go. A uh, couple more questions for you. I'm enjoying this. I hope you are, folks. Uh, you know, it's it, to me, it's deeper and it's broader. So stick around. More coming your way. I'm really enjoying the conversation I'm able to have here with Dave Adams, campus pastor at Concordia College. Now that I know they're on spring break, I... I think we'll hang on to him the whole day. In fact, if I get sick again, he can guest host. But Reverend Adams, we talked about the weaponization of religion before the break, and we didn't have a real, we didn't have a lot of time to talk about that. But it, it's, it seems to be used in the arena of public policy yeah. as a tool for making sure that someone has to live their life exactly the way that that, that individual wants them to. Yeah. And I'm wondering if that's driving more people away from religion as a whole. Oh, we that... hear it. All, I hear it all the time um, okay. from young people. I'm curious yeah. what you're hearing. Yeah, young people, young people um, are very skeptical of the church, the institutional church, because they they hear one thing and then they see another, and they find it incredibly hypocritical, and so they want nothing to do with it. Um, and so, you know, I work really hard to help them. Um, not give up on on their own faith and spirituality um, that it's okay to be angry at an institution for how they're using you know faith as a weapon um religion as a weapon but that doesn't but to always remember that these are human made things um that that God did not intend for us to use to use this message of of love to to hurt others <laughs> like, but it just it just seems like such a huge step back in time oh, you know that gosh, yeah. that we're going back to everything that we've read about you know and and I could take it to to steps as examples that might make people go oh come on Joel yep. but it's really not not that huge of of a of a jump to get no. to the to the whole you know I mean, the word witch hasn't been used yet, but it's, it seems like it's close. I want to get Mike on with you. Mike, you're on with Reverend Adams. Go ahead. Well, thank you very much. First, Reverend Adams, God bless you for your work with our young people. Well, thank you, Mike. Thank you. 
Thank you. Thank you very much. It's a privilege but and a listen, blessing. Uh, and I'm glad you see it that way, an inspiration. Uh, as I listen to the discussion, it seems to me you're observing among the youth what what some have come to call a buffet Christianity. Mm. It's, uh, you know, follow the parts you like and mm. ignore the parts you don't like. And, uh, you know, I guess the question becomes, at what point do you no longer have really Christianity? What you have is just a, a way of life that mm. you've decided to follow. Mm -hmm. you know, where's the separation? That's and a I guess question. at the end of the day, at the end of the day, how valuable is theological authority? Mm -hmm. you know, this is right. This Thank is you, wrong. Mike. Thanks for the call. I yep. love that question. Um, and actually, that's a question that we talk about a lot. So my answer to that is um it, it, it's it's actually pretty simple so if you look at the entire arc of let's just use the bible as an example the the whole arc of the bible um shows god's plan for humanity which is a plan that is love grace forgiveness salvation right god you know it begins in a garden it ends in a garden <laughs> it begins in perfection it ends in perfection and everything that happens in the middle you know, is the story of how humans mess it all up, and yet God somehow brings it all back together again. <laughs> and um, and and so, like in terms of you know, like do we believe in in like a theological authority? Yes. And as Christians, and like if we're going to talk about Christianity, yes, we do follow a way of life. We follow this this way of life that is that is Jesus, and Jesus spent his life going around loving people doing things that showed how to be this loving presence of God. Um, not just standing up on the street corner and screaming at people and telling them to do this or do that, but he showed people what to do. And so this is what I think young people are really after, is, is how, do I, how do I live a life that reflects these, these values? Um, and, and don't just hear them, you know, preach to me and then believe them and, and sit quietly in my own private house, but actually go out into the world and do it. So I, I actually think, interestingly enough, um, that more and more people are actually, it's not so much a buffet anymore. They actually are choosing <laughs> to, to really live in a very concrete lifestyle that really does embody what, what their faith is calling them to do. And I find it quite hopeful for the future yeah, yeah. I, I i do too i i actually do too it, it, except i'm not sure that that our current policies reflect that and, and maybe yep. that's because of the age of the policy makers but i don't think it's a buffet it, although i was sitting here thinking to myself is is mike right in mm -hmm. that i'm only hearing what i want to hear yeah. as this conversation goes on because when, when you just talked about Jesus, for example, obviously I'm a Christian, right, and I don't right. expect all people to be Christians. Exactly. But when when you just spoke about Jesus, I kept thinking, you know, the, these these folks that that don't meet a strict code of of belief of the way that I was raised, uh, they love people, mm -hmm. they love each other, yeah, uh, they, they love them for who they are. Yeah. And to me, that's in the end what the goal is. That is and the so goal. Yep. I, I, I want Carl to get on with you. Carl, you're on with, with Reverend Adams. Go ahead. Well, excuse me. Good morning, guys. Good morning, Good morning Reverend. Um, 
I, you know, I was listening to you guys a little bit ago, but I was in a meeting, so I couldn't make a call. But uh, it's been a long time since I called you. Uh, Joel, you and I are about the same age, I think a year apart, maybe. And, you know, growing up, you know, I, I went to a small country church, a Lutheran church, you know, every Sunday, no matter what you did. And uh, even in my adulthood, you know, I would uh, try different uh, uh, denominations, and I have my favorites that I like. But I'll tell you what did it to me. And I don't, I don't, I just, I'm originally from the Fargo-Moorhead area. I live now in southern Minnesota. And during COVID, when the coalition of churches got together and hired a couple lawyers to sue the state of Minnesota because they wanted to open their churches because they were not getting their, their, their uh, offering, their revenue coming in. And I thought to myself, that's terrible. You know, it's a dollar all you guys are out to get is the dollar, you know? And it's like it had nothing to do with saving souls or anything else. It was money, 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 money. And it just turned me off. I, You know, for going to church for over 50 years, I have not been back in a church because I see the churches, I see the churches every day that sued the state so they can make money. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it well, really me, turned me... my... Let me get uh, Reverend Adam. Thank you, Carl. Thank you so much for the call. Let me get Reverend Adam's take on that. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I'm definitely not an expert on how finances work within the, the church and the state realms. But, I mean, I would, to be honest, if my, my initial response is I probably would have done the same thing, Carl. <laughs> Walked away and never come back. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> it, it, you know what? When Carl said that, though, uh, you know, Reverend, what, what I thought of was, to some degree, that just like the previous caller, Mike, am I am I just a buffet? Because right. uh, you know, because I've I've gone to to my church when I've enjoyed the, the priest. I, I've gone when I respected the priest and and found it just enlightening. And mm-hmm. there's times that I I'm like, who the heck is this, and why do I got to listen to him? Yeah, uh, you, you know. <laughs> and, and so, in Carl's case, he's like, well, if that's what they're going to sound like, they're not getting me. Yeah, you know. And I'm like, well, what if the next guy isn't like that? Right, right. Yeah, I I've had so many conversations with people about that, and people who have been hurt by the church, who therefore don't want anything to do with it, and you know, when I've had to to say, okay, well, there's a lot of us who feel really bad about that and who are working hard to to really make some, you know, reparations for, for the pain and the damage that religion has done. Um, and to show, to show them, you know, um, well, of course I can say this, you know, uh, my, I believe a more faithful interpretation of, of how we are to, to live out our faith life, um, which is found in the scriptures. I mean, a lot of people will criticize you know, my denomination for not being um, very biblical, which is funny because we're very biblical. Um, it's just that we actually see the entire narrative of the, <laughs> the the entire narrative of the scripture. We don't cherry pick. We don't just grab a, a random Bible verse right here and say, well, it says right here that you have to do this or else you're going to hell. We, <laughs> we don't, we don't do that. You know, we see the entire narrative of, of the Bible, like I said earlier. And it's, it's, it's this is earlier when I said, like, it's not black and white. It's not black and white, and it can't be. You know, we have to be willing to 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 wrestle with these questions and to ask these questions together and yeah. and really believe that God is found in those questions and 
and lives and breathes within that space. Yeah. Well, I, I will tell you this, Reverend. Uh, you and I, <laughs> you make people better just simply by opening up to a conversation like this. You, you can't always get people to have a conversation like this. It's like, no, this is what it, the way it is. And this no, is what we are. And this is, and, and that is where we're losing the next generation. Yeah. And they don't get to come into a room and express what they're thinking. And then may, maybe time will change your mind. I don't know. Maybe time will make it, make them right. Maybe time will make them wrong. Maybe they are right, yeah. but at least they deserve to be heard. And yeah. I think that's what's missing in all this. Yeah, I agree. I really do agree with that very much yeah. so. Reverend, thank you so much. Oh, thank gosh. you for coming on. Anytime, really. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> uh, you know, the, the, as you can tell, obviously I have a lot of respect for uh, Reverend Adams, and I think it's important that we visit with people just like him. When we come back, what I want to talk to you about is the weaponization, is how it, it's used in, in relation to policy. And then you can go ahead and open up both barrels on me. I mean, go ahead. But this is, I'll give you examples of what I'm getting at that I don't want to involve the Reverend in because he shouldn't have to. Uh, but first I head to the weather cave to Mr. Too Tall Tom Shemansky and get your forecast, Tom. Light snow across Minnesota and some parts of Minnesota right now near the Twin Cities and over towards St. Cloud. Dissipating snow across parts of the uh, valley east of the Red River across northwestern and west central Minnesota dissipating as well. Looks like that will continue over the next couple of hours, but there are still winter storm watches posted south of I-94 in Minnesota and also for a good part of South Dakota. There are weather advisories posted for the next system that's going to be arriving sometime during the nighttime uh, tonight and also into tomorrow and uh, tomorrow night. This next system will provide the areas there with a little bit of snow. Several inches could accumulate in some places by the time all is said and done sometime either late Thursday night or Friday morning. Before our next system moves in on Saturday, very active weather pattern, a parade of systems heading in from the west, each one providing us with chances for snow, and each snow, uh, snow chance will provide some accumulation here and there as well. Don't look for temperatures to be too warm, teens, 20s, and 30s, for today and tomorrow, single digits, teens, and a few 20s tonight. A lot of areas will experience nearly steady temperatures tonight. Probably should get a break in the action sometime Sunday and in early next week, but hints of maybe some more snow coming in by midweek next week as well. Right now, Twin Cities 34, 31 in Rochester and also Duluth. Currently, Alexandria is at 29, 25 in Thief River Falls. Aberdeen's at 16, Watertown's at 24. 25 in Pierre, Bowman right now 10, 6 in Williston, 7 in Minot, 11 in Bismarck, Devil's Lake is at 6 degrees, Grafton's at 9, and currently it is 12 degrees in Grand Forks and 18 in Wapiton. Fargo currently at 19 degrees, two tallest town of the day, Max North Dakota 7. I'm meteorologist Tom Shemansky for the News and Views Regional Weather Cave. Thank you, Tom. Text comes in and says, this is the first time I've listened to a conversation about religion and feel like uh, someone's understood my side. Thank you, Reverend Adam. 